Welcome everyone to the Purposely Thriving Podcast, where we are growing, evolving, and becoming into our highest self in every area of our lives so that we are able to live authentically and whole as we step into a new chapter. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining and tuning in with me this week. So last September, I rebranded my podcast, and this was episode 102. And one of the things that I mentioned in that episode was the inclusivity of men and women. Because if I can be honest, I feel like there's a war between genders out here in these streets. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest, not even just these internet streets, these offline streets. It's just, it seems to be a lot of tension and friction there. Um, There's always an argument on who's wrong, who's right what men need to do, what women need to do, what a real man does, what a real woman does, and this whole masculinity and femininity movement and and what this looks like for the masculine man and feminine woman. And when you have all this noise um, and when you constantly hear this level of noise all the time, what ends up happening is that you end up with no real solutions. So that's what happens when a war between genders happen there's no real solution. So if there's no real solution, we're only focusing on the problem. It also prevents collective collaboration with one another. And this also goes beyond just the romantic relationship. And what happens is this causes a deterioration of relationships in general. So relationships begin to die when you have all this noise and this battle battle between genders. And Wherever you are who's listening right now, wherever you are in your divorce, wherever you are in your breakup phase, this could be difficult to hear, specifically if you feel like you were mistreated, right? However, in being hurt or mistreated, what we don't want to do is that we don't want to make a generalization about our experience with the opposite sex. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And the reason why this is important is because when we form a generalization, solely off our experiences alone. We minimize our ability to expand our perspective, deepen and develop our understanding as well as our empathy for others. And when it comes to men, right? When it comes to men encompassing their challenges, their struggles, their internal conflicts, their pain, their identity to even heartbreak, it is vital to approach the topic with compassion. And the reason why I say this is because societal expectations and stereotypes can burden men a lot. And what happens is when it burdens men, it affects their self-expression, their mental well-being, and their inability to seek emotional support. So when they don't get the emotional support, they suffer in silence as well as their overall happiness. So listening to understand allows for everyone to develop a more constructive and inclusive dialogue. And what I wanted to do today, I wanted to talk about divorce, but I wanted to talk about it from a man's perspective. Because when it comes to a man getting a divorce, well, let me say this first. I feel strong about how judgmental people are about divorce in general. However, women are more likely to have more support and great empathy when going through a divorce than men. Okay, that's a statistic. That's not me just talking. That's a, that's a stat. So what happens when this happens Okay, so when when women have more of an advantage, then men are left at a disadvantage. 
and regarding the psychological effects of divorce. And so I wanted to bring a guest and a friend of mine, and I found him out here in these internet streets. So what, Joseph, you and I, I met you back in what, 2018, something like that? Yeah. Right. So we've been out here in these internet streets for a while. And um, Joseph is a marriage and family therapist who has a passion for helping children, couples, families to overcome social and emotional obstacles. Joseph has provided therapeutic services such as in-home, school-based, and residential psychiatric therapy. Joseph is also the host of the Love Unscripted podcast, where he helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by teaching simple tools and strategies for starting and maintaining healthy relationships. And so, Joseph, I'm going to call you. Can I call you Joe? You can. To sound so normal. I'm like, oh, let me call you Joe. You know what I'm saying? It's so good to have you. I appreciate you being here, especially because this was real last minute, y'all. I literally texted him last week. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's good to have friends that you can call for stuff like this. And I'm excited to have a conversation about this topic. So I I'm ready for too. it. I am too. Um, Joseph or Joe. Joe was on my podcast back in 2021. So this isn't his first time being here. He was a guest. And this is when I was doing like a conversation with men series. And it was about men needing healing too. And at that time, you were married um, at the time. And fast forward into now, you did experience going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How long were you all married for? For seven years. Mm, for seven years and um and so what got to that point of divorce being the answer for you all because I know you're very heavy on relationships and love and all these things because not only do you do this in terms of therapy in person you, you also do a lot of this out here on social media and so what got to the point of divorce being the answer um for you both it got to the point where us being together was no longer healthy for the both of us. Really? Us staying together would eventually end up in both of us imploding in some form or fashion. So in order to quote unquote, save ourselves or give ourselves chance at not completely imploding, we had to separate. We had to go our separate ways. We had to cut ties with each other so that the two individual could experience health and be in a better place mentally, spiritually, all of that. Mm. So, and I guess, well, I, I've, I mean, I've met her through like, cause I did a podcast with you all. Um, and of course I'm on the outside looking in, I, I you know, mm. I always tell people, you don't know what goes on in the four walls of people's relationship. And I'm never here um, to judge, but what were some of the things that you all felt like this could not be, um, reconcile. Yeah. So I think when there are differences that you have and there's so many things in life that, that show these differences, like you don't really know them until you're in the trenches. And we think that at the beginning of a relationship, we can talk through everything. Like we think that if I do enough vetting, um, testing, improving, that when we get in the relationship, there won't be anything that we haven't quote unquote talked about. Right. But as we find there are things that come up when you're married 
that you're like, okay, after you've been with someone for so long and you are trying to work through different conflicts, uh, different types of way of living, it doesn't work. It, it wasn't working. And we sought out therapy. Um, we, we sought other people's support and guidance, but what ended up happening or ended up getting us to the point was we realized is that there are some things that at least for us were just fundamental differences. Okay. And that so was make... like a toxic, would you call no, it? Cause you know, people, no, call I wouldn't, I wouldn't toxic. even, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I think there are some differences that people are not, are unable to quote unquote resolve mm -hmm. in a way where both people can move forward together and not feel like they are either giving up too much of themselves or having to compromise too much. Mm -hmm. Because the thought is that if we compromise then things will be okay. Mm -hmm. But, but if we think about it, compromising on some level means I have to give up part of what I either want or desire for the sake of the other person. And that doesn't always mean that it will work. Right. Like, so it's it almost like a, it's almost like you got a bargain. Right. So the myth about compromise is that compromise is a win for everybody, but it's not, mm -mm. it's not. And compromise can indeed make things worse. Like we don't see that side of it. Sometimes if I agree to go along with what you would like, even if it's for the self of being selfless, because that's what we're taught. We're taught in marriage, you have to be selfless all about the other partner, but there's still a you that has to be intact in order to be the best version of yourself to move forward in the relationship in a healthy way. Compromising doesn't always mean that I instill my best version of myself. Right. So, so you felt so, like that may, it may have just been it basically the compromising was just becoming where maybe even values were being sacrificed. I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking. Yes. And, and just even coming, being in agreement on how we will resolve certain issues. That's a big thing. You have to still be, regardless of what the conflict is, you still have to be in agreement about how we're going to move forward. If you can't get in agreement about whatever it is, finances, uh, where we're going to live, what church we're going to go to, on some level, those are going to cause rifts. It's, it's, mm -hmm. You can't both go in life and in love in the same direction if you are at odds about how you resolve conflict. And conflict is going to happen in every relationship. It's going to happen. So you have to figure out what is your conflict style, but also understanding that after a certain point, you do have to come together and be able to make a logical and a prayerful decision that is this going to cause us more harm than good. Mm -hmm. And 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 the reason I say that is because think about like I've, I've worked with child uh, children's services. It would be it would be ideal to keep children with their parents. But there are some situations and circumstances where children have to be removed out of the home for the betterment of the child, not because yes. the child doesn't love them, not because even, I've even seen social workers sitting there like 
internal conflict. Like, I really want to leave, like, let the child stay with their mother, but it's not the best thing. I really want the child to stay with that father, but it's not the best thing. Right. And so we have to separate in order for both people to get what they need, for both people to be able to heal and to be able to seek out some level of wholeness after. But sometimes you cannot heal being with the person that you, for whatever reason, can't get on the same page because marriage takes being on the same page, singleness of purpose. And if you can't do that, then you're, it's, it's going to be difficult. Mm. So let me ask you this. Was it more mutual or did one person wanted it first? I think it was, I think we both fought, we both tried, and then we both decided like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going the direction that either, either of us want. So we had to make the, so we did have to make the decision that we're going to go ahead and go our separate way. Mm. Did you ever want to reconcile? No, because I think after going through so much, right after trying for so long to even get to that decision, it's a lot to right. get to that point. It takes a lot. And I don't want people to think that people are just going at divorce willy nilly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of contemplation. There's a lot of ruminating over what could it be, how things could be different. What if we, we come up with our miracle? Like what if something happened miraculously? <laughs> no, like it's, it's not a easy decision. And I think when people make it, they make it from, and this is, I can't speak in absolutes, but I, I'm just from what I've seen also counseling couples, it's not a, a lighthearted decision. It comes with real world implications. Correct. Like other people are impacted. Families are impacted. Children are impacted. Work is impacted. Like all of that is impacted. So I don't want people to think that people just out here doing it just because it's fun or it's just to get out of a relationship. But some people, it is the exit that is needed in order to not self-implode and in order to be a renewed version of yourself. No, that's good. I'm glad you said that because... um there's a lot of misunderstanding around making this decision. It's probably one of the most toughest decisions to make um, is whether or not to dissolve a marriage. Um, Let me ask you a question, you know, because I know I talked about men and just the things that men go through in terms of just um, their own internal battle battles, their own heartbreak. Men go through divorce too. It's not just women. I mean, (laughs) you know, they go through it, they feel it. Did you reach out for help? Um, How did you deal with your process in terms of, you know, healing from it? Because even though that this was mutual, it didn't mean that it was easier, right? There's still a, you know, divorce is like a death and the the grieving process is a real thing. And by, by being a man, you know, specifically a black man, the, the stereotypes and culture, the expectations for you to just be strong and suck it up is the standard. And I would like to know, did you allow yourself to grieve it? And on top of that, you're a therapist. So, you know, here's the, oh, you're a therapist. You already know what to do, but this, uh-uh, this, we ain't logic right now. 
we are highly emotional. So how did you, did or did you allow yourself to grieve it in the beginning? Yeah, so, so what I initially did, because I've seen it, one of the things I wanted to make sure I did was put some type of life vest on. And so what that looked like for me is there is a temptation because I quote unquote know the information that I can do it by myself. That That is the temptation for me because I am a therapist because I do this often that I must have the information to be able to do it. But I what I decided to do was not do that. I put a life, a life jacket on and made sure I stayed in therapy. So I was already in therapy before we went through the divorce. But what I made sure of when the decision was final that I made sure that I doubled down and did not exit therapy. I made sure because I understood, and this is, I understood there was going to be a process of healing, like you mentioned, that needed to occur. And I couldn't trust myself to do it by myself. Right. So I needed someone that specialized in what I was going through to support me in that. I did not trust myself to do it on my own. So I made sure that, hey, I have a line item in my budget that is therapy and that doesn't change. Shoot, I'll give up clothes. I'll give up something else. But therapy is not leaving the experience. And that was very beneficial because the therapy actually helped me process all of the feelings and emotions. Uh, it helped me understand that it's okay to grieve in my own way. Um, and having a, and I was fortunate to have another black male therapist and he could mm. talk to me real straight. I needed that support. Mm. And so hearing that Joe, it's okay to cry and grieve this. Joseph, it's okay to go out in the woods and yell and say everything you wish you could have said. Like these are therapeutic things that you can do and that you should do so that you can heal. I had to hear those things. Mm. And so Yes, I was able to go through my own grieving process. I was able to sit with the fact that what I thought was going to be forever is no longer forever. And it is a depth. I allowed myself to feel the feelings of anger, emotion, bargaining, all of that. I experienced it. But one thing I can say is, is, is really important, even with that, was I did not block other people out. What do you mean? I, I, so I did not just completely ghost my support system. So hear me. I ghosted the internet. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I ghosted everyone that was outside of the support because I did not need that extra commentary on what I was going through. I needed the voices of people who knew me and knew my ex-wife and cared about both of us enough not to keep pouring negative commentary into me mm, that's good keeping good support around you these these men cared about my well-being and i in turn had to be vulnerable and allow them into that space i had to tell them i had to let them know what was going on i had to open my mouth and tell guys that i was close to that yo my marriage is done but I wouldn't have gotten the support if I had just hit it, if I had not said anything, acted like it didn't really happen. I wouldn't have got the support I needed. 
I wouldn't have been able to lean on people when I needed to lean on them. Cause there were times where I was like, yo, I don't even know what I'm doing. And the fellow was like, don't worry, we're bringing you some wings. <laughs> don't worry. Some wings. Oh yeah, you know those some good friends. They bring you some wings, honey. <laughs> yo, yo, let's let's just go for a drive. Like people to yeah. do that, people to reach out. Even even at times where I did not return the calls, they still were consistent. They mm-hmm. still were consistent. And I think um, unfortunately, men either don't have the support system or don't lean into it. It's one of the two. Either they don't have it and don't have too many people that they can lean on like that, or they have friends and because of societal pressures, don't speak up on it. And you have to be able to be vulnerable with a select few. It don't got to be everybody. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I didn't tell everybody that it happened. It was people that were close and that I knew could support me. And those are the guys that helped me through my grieving process. Those are the guys that when I'm emotionally frazzled and not all there, help say, yo, okay, here's what we need to do. That, that, that was helpful. Even telling family, leaning on my brother and stuff like that, leaning on people close to me. I had to be vulnerable in order for the grieving process to really take its, take its place. Because here's what happens when people grieve in private. Our mind is extremely powerful. And sometimes when we're emotionally distressed, it is hard to grab hold of it because there's so many physical, emotional, spiritual thoughts, uh, things going on at one time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's normal to be overwhelmed in that situation. It is. So you... Mm-hmm. So you not to people. mention you're making a lot of decisions too. You know, you know, you're making like other decisions, whether that's selling a home, splitting assets. You know, for people who have children. So there's so many different layers to this thing. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And so, um, let me ask you a question. Did you ever feel a little shame or humiliation because your family and um? marriage therapist I mean you know seriously because the expectation is well how you gonna be giving advice and you could keep your own marriage you know that's the that's the attitude um Mm. and I'm gonna be honest I I I felt like something was going on because I'm gonna tell you that I should be I was a little nosy okay because I was so used to you posting I was like I haven't seen Joe's post in a while because your post always came on my timeline mm-hmm. he posted in a while I looked at his podcast I said okay he didn't even drop the podcast I said did he pivot what's going on so I done, I went in the DM and I asked Jameel <laughs> what Joseph and I'm sure he may have known your situation but he kept it very cool he was like you know I haven't seen him and I respect it because you know that wasn't his business to tell right and then when I saw you post and you admitted what was going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. You know, and I and, and the first thing that came to my head was I wanted to he feel some level of, you know, embarrassment or shame or something along those lines. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was one of the things that my therapist helped me work on first 
is even though I do this for a living, it is not who I am. Mm -hmm. I actively do, I practice marriage and family therapy. I am still Joseph who enjoys going for hikes, loves traveling, loves to try different foods, can come up with jokes on the spur of a moment. You better not tell a joke at me because I'm firing one right back. Like that's who I am at my core. Right. I enjoy helping people in life. Like that's who I am at my core. Mm -hmm. And just because the marriage, just because what I did was closely connected to an aspect of my life, which is marriage, doesn't mean that I failed. It doesn't mean that I have to completely stop. I had to get my identity, my thought process and alignment first before I got back out here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, you do have to close out the voices and get more in tune with the most high telling me that this is still what I was called to do. Right. Like, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, yeah, did you want to stop after that? Like, did you think about oh. stopping? Oh, I definitely thought about it. I definitely thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'll just go, I'll just stop. I'll just go open a quiet little practice somewhere. But then I had to remember, like, there's still, and this is just me. I still believe I have a divine responsibility to be true to what my calling is. And I believe that there would have been some type of situation that would have brought me back kind of like Jonah, but rather let me just go ahead and stick with it. Feel the feelings, wrestle with self-doubt, wrestle with uncertainty of how people are going to receive a message. Now that the image that people once had is no longer the same. Wrestle with those things. Joseph, you're not perfect and that's okay. There are going to be things that happen in life that are going to be different from what you would like to present or what other people even think about you. You can't control that. But what you can control control is when you do what you do, are you coming from a genuine place? You mentioned there's, there's a, a, a gender war out here. Like I mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a lot of people were wondering like, okay, now that he's divorced, is he going to go Kevin Samuels and hate women? Like, no, like I, I'm true to who <laughs> I said I was this whole time. I really care about people and forming yeah. healthy relationships. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's also coming out of divorce. Why the following grew so quickly the way it did was there's a different level of me being very, I'll say true, true and transparent. Wow. And, and that is, I think, attractive to people. And that can create space for conversation that's real, not us blaming each other for what's going on in relationship space, but us coming to the table and say, yo, I'm going to fix this. I definitely have a different perspective now, actually having gone through it. Like, I see things differently. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's not an easy decision. Even sitting on the couch across from people watching them do it is not the same as you going through it. And so I mm-hmm. had to reconcile, hey, you're a marriage and family therapist, yet you've been through a divorce. One doesn't mean you can't do the other. Right. So I had to get that squared away within my mind first before I decided to come out and start creating content again. And I think it was for the better. And I encourage any men out there, like if you're 
uh, career or what you do, don't let that be the defining factor of who you are. Right, because a it's lot what of men do that. Yeah. Right, right. Just because you have a bad real estate deal, something falls through does not mean you should never practice real estate again. Like there are people who mess up multi-million dollar deals. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't actively be in real estate. It means that you have to evaluate yourself, understand the situation for what it was, and then decide how you want to move forward in your experience. Now that's good. I love that. Um, and I'm glad that you were able to make that distinction um, in terms of just knowing who you are versus what you do. Um, let me ask you a question. I kind of want to go back. I know you you talked about the conflict that, the well, the inability to resolve conflict was you all really weren't on the same page. But here's a question that I do want to ask you as a man, because this is this is something that sometimes I, um, and I'm also watching this sermon series with my pastor. It's, it's actually really good. Uh, it's about men. It's just all about men this month. And I want to know from you, and this is this is not about bashing your ex or anything like that, but based upon just your side of it all, what do you feel like you needed in your marriage? Hmm. I think what I needed was more, hmm. my mind went two different directions. I'll say, one, I'll say more understanding, I think is something. Another one, I think is just 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 straightforwardness. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's something that um is it can be difficult when you're not sure what people are thinking at times. And I think being able for people to be able to communicate, I think that's what it comes down to communicate different things. Um is always what I felt I needed more of, for sure. Mm, understanding. So when you say understanding, what does that mean for you? Cause you know, I think some of the times, or I would say a lot of the times what I tend to hear, and when I say here, I'm talking about men who are self-aware. <laughs> okay, let me be clear. When they, they say things like, you know, being and feeling understood, having it, I guess I would say maybe having a safe space. What does that mean? Does that mean in terms of you being able to express yourself with no judgment? You, you know, she's, that your woman is really hearing you and not just listening to clap back. Cause if I could be honest, I was, I was the clap back queen. I, I used to be, <laughs> it's not, I'm laughing. Cause I'm like, I can't believe I used to do that. Like mm -hmm. I was Miss queen of the clap back. So I was waiting on you to finish so I could say what I need to say. <laughs> that was, it was like, okay, hurry, get what you got to say out. So I can say what I need to say, but you know, in growth that, that definitely wasn't a good way of communicating. So when you say understanding, um, mm -hmm. what, what does I, that mean? What I mean, like, see me in my intention okay like what i what what i'm even if words fail me like <laughs> see what i'm trying to convey i think that's okay. something that uh is how i would describe that understanding like like see me and and see the intention behind the effort right knowing where your heart lies okay no that's good i, I like that um you know, sometimes I think it's just this thing of, you know, not even just un thinking that men don't have emotions. I think a lot of the times men do feel very misunderstood. Um, maybe, like you said, sometimes we may not say the right words. I mean, sometimes I don't say the right words, you know, but just knowing what my heart is and 
you know, knowing what I'm working on trying to improve. You know, I like that. Um, would you get married again? You know, that's always the question. I mean, you've been divorced for how long? Over Has it been over a year? Mm-hmm. Has it been over a year? Are you, first of all, are you ready to date again? Or have you been dating again? Or have you just been like, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, for real, because I, hey, ain't I'm not judging it. I, I, hey, I'm just being honest. I definitely say I'm ready. I'm definitely wanting to get married again. So for me, it's it's not about the past. I still believe in it. Like I still believe in it. Like one bad experience, and this is for me, doesn't ruin what I believe marriage can be and has the potential to be with. A particular person, whoever you, whoever you're able to come alongside and do. So I'm definitely ready for that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, are you dating right now, or are you just you chilling? Oh, I'm dating for sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. For okay. sure. So, how's the dating game? Oh, <laughs> so know, here's the some thing. Some people call it ghetto. Nah, so so this may be a whole nother podcast. Like I knew what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was looking for. Wow. And so that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking that time to I mean, and, and this may just be me. I don't think it's as difficult as people make it out to be when you've done the work. Mm. Think about it. Think think about it. World class chefs don't take hours looking for tomatoes to make a, a pasta sauce. They can see it. They can identify it from the look, from the smell to they know how to evaluate. But if, if you don't take the time to look as far as what it is you want, what would that person be doing, saying everything down to the phrases? Like I know certain things that I would want the woman I'm with to be speaking and saying. And when you hear those things, it's not antennas up. So I think it's, it's people make it difficult. There's too many people, like, honestly, like there's too many people. And this is just me. I don't know what everyone else is saying. I just think there's too many people for us to not be able to find anyone. Right. So yeah, that's not (laughs) it. No, no, I actually think I agree. Uh Um, I don't think it is as hard as it is. And I I think a lot of time we've just gotten so disconnected to ourselves where we got to get back to that, um, that self-trust, you know, lining up with our values, being able to walk away from something that truly doesn't serve you way before you get to invest it. Um, you know, and I, I think, and of course, Yes. Are you even in healing and doing the work? You're going to meet people. You're still going to meet people, right? That you're like, uh-uh. But you have the wisdom and discernment and enough healing within you to say this ain't it and respectfully leave it where it is. You know what I mean? Because people think, I think sometimes this is mindset of when I go through this work, I'm just going to meet my queen or my king. But I just think it's a lot more deeper than that. I, I think it's just really you finding you more so than anything. Right, right. I believe who we come in contact with on some level is a manifestation of who we are. And there's actual science behind it. And there's a lot of unconscious selection that our mind does when we pick people. 
and it's based on what our similarities are. So I understand people get upset and say, well, uh, I, negative people are just attracted to me. That can be true. And it can also be that like attracts like. You may also have some tendencies that someone could see, could pick up on, and you may not identify it as that, but subconsciously and at a at a, at a anatomic level, you're you're drawn to it. I did a post a couple uh, days back about it. I can share those resources, but I'm I'm a believer that we sometimes subconsciously pick people and draw them to us, and we're wondering like, man, how did I get in this situation again? Well, it's because <laughs> you have certain tendencies that people who are alike tend to have. And so you find commonalities, you bond, and you come together. Right. So I think if we take time to, like you said, and that's the biggest thing, look within. Start there, look within, and, and see how you, can, how you can change for the better. Discover yourself a little bit more. How can you be more true to that person that's on the inside versus just trying to wait for the external right person to show up? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, in regards to the work that you do, what do you find to be some of the men's challenges in terms of emotional support? Just listening to what you went through and you you allowed, you gave yourself permission to get the help and reach out. And I think that just came from just the level of self-awareness you already had within you. However, um, there are men who may still have that level of self-awareness that they need help, but they shy away from getting the help due to just the expectations of how they should always show up as. What are some of the impact of them not getting the help? Because there's a severe impact to this, and I would love to know what, what are some of those for men? Because they, because yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm like... <laughs> Society is very hard on men when it comes to divorce. Mm -hmm. Even even with people not knowing why people separated, a lot of the assumption is that the man did something wrong. Mm. That's something that comes up. And with that being additional pressure, men have to, quote unquote, tread lightly going through the process. The second thing I'll say is not having that support to be emotionally vulnerable. Men need an outlet. And like I said, you can't just do it by yourself. Like you need people to support and to hold space for you. If you don't have that support, it turns into maladaptive behavior. You pick up bad habits in, a, in an attempt to self-soothe the feelings that you have not processed. And I, I do want to say that, yes, it is men's responsibility to process and go through that healing. And at the same time, there is not a lot of social acceptance in men openly sharing their feelings and emotions about divorce, breakup, losing a job. Those men get called names if they openly say it or share too much. If you share beyond what I think is manly or socially acceptable for a man to tell, Oh, you you complaining now? Oh, get oh, come on, get over it. You, man up is the is the term that so many of us have heard, 
or people try to push us through the process really quick. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that you're free, go ahead and get outside, go do this, go do that. Like, get your mind off of it. Mm. These are going to cause the man more harm than we realize. Right. The but, societal. You know, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say like the societal pressure makes a lot of men not want to openly be verbal about it. Also not having the support system or a space and location um, that is as easily accessible as for instance, like with women in their social circles causes challenges. And then not having the space or being so we like have, we can't express it the way we may want to without it being in a particular way. That is the, those are some of the, the major like hindrances that really catch men up and cause us more harm. Mm -hmm. No, that's, um, no, that's good. I, Cause I wanted to ask that question because, um, one of the biggest questions that I get from some of the people that see them in my audience or on my mailing list or um, even on the DMs is, why do they move on so quickly? And, you know, um, it could be various reasons, right? We can we can go down the list. Some people already check out prior to, um, but then there are also, it's also a way to escape what they're not facing. So um, let me ask you, and I know this is probably, this may be just a personal question. Did you ever think about like getting back out there in the dating game, like right when it happened? Or did you just know, like, I need a break from everything? That was a conscious choice that you made. Yeah, I had to stop everything. Right. Because I knew that if I wanted a chance to have a healthy relationship in the future, then I couldn't ruin that by doing stuff now just to self soothe. Mm -hmm. Like, I did not want to trade my future for momentary uh ease of emotion mm -hmm. momentary distractions yeah so i did like i said i put a pause i stopped i didn't i had to get me together when wow. i'm telling people like it is so beneficial to just focus on you when when these kind of things happen because we don't, it, it usually takes something catastrophic for us to sit with ourselves. We're in a fast-paced society. We don't take time to sit with ourselves. And a lot of times we ruin future opportunities by not slowing down and taking today as it comes. So I wasn't, I was not in no rush. Like I knew that the opportunity would be there in the future. I knew it would. I, I believe that to be true. So if I do want to have a healthy, happy relationship in the future, then there's certain things I can't do today. I can't because I, I want what's in the future more than I, I want these, this pain to go away right now. Mm. And that takes introspection. I'm big on introspection. Like you got to really know you inside and out. So that when tragedy happens, you're not struggling and trying to figure out what you need to do. Like I tell people, even before like I got the divorce, I have a mental emergency plan for when emotional things happen to me. That was regardless. That was like whether it's with family, with uh spouse, like whoever. I have my own emotional wellness emergency kit that I knew. So when things were happening for me, I didn't make the situation worse 
by doing something that's just responsive. People got to also take time to figure that out. What's your emotional emergency plan? Me, I got to get outside. I got to touch some grass. I got to be active and go into the gym. I have to make sure that I put my phone on a sleep schedule because I got to be sleeping. No matter how, even if I sit in the bed, I got to be in the position where my body, if it decides to sleep, can't sleep. Because emotionally charged, emotional tragedy, tra tragedies make your nervous system go crazy. Right. It makes your nervous system like, like, it's so excitatory, like, and you can't think straight. So you got to have something in place that says, hey, in case of emergency, break the glass. It's very simple instructions. It's literally like one, two, three, four. You ever been on a plane? They said, look, the instructions are right here. It's one, two, three. It's ease of process because they know that when you're freaking out and the plane's going down, you don't need to have some big drawn out plan. You got to have one, two, three, four. All they say, all you got to do is blow and it'll inflate. Like that's what's to make sure that you stabilize. Now, once you get outside the boat and you got to swim, that's on you. <laughs> that's on you, but you got to have that initial plan until you stabilize. And I believe me having a plan in place that that was in place before I even got married. Like it's before that, like intentional and be intentional about it. That that helped me not do things that would work against my own interests. No, I I, I like that. That's that's really good. Did you um? Did you ever have a moment where you generalize women after that in an unhealthy way? No, no. That's good. Yeah, I didn't have that because I don't believe that to be generalization. I don't believe that to be true because here's the thing. I know women who are not like that. Right. So I either have to feed into that feeling of emotion of hurt. I have to be feeding that to start generalizing. Right. Because that's, that's coming from a hurt place. Because I can count probably multiple people that are not like that. And if I can do that, then it's me choosing to look at and view and to make that assumption about women because I'm hurt. That's how that happens. You're intentionally feeding it because guess what? It feeds the ego and it feels good. Yep. And it also pushes responsibility away from yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> if they did it, then it's not me. Then I can be justified in my position on how I felt because they did something. It wasn't me. Listen, we all have a, a role to play. We all have a role. I had a role. Like everybody has a role that they play. The challenge is sitting with yourself long enough to understand what it is and what you need to be doing differently. It, 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 and here's the thing, it don't matter what it is. People get too much caught up on the details of it rather than the principle behind it. That's the, that's the bigger thing, because guess what? You're going to be in relationship again. And if, if you just look at the content, then you'll find an excuse for why I can revert back to what I was doing because they didn't hit this criteria. No, step outside of that. Look at the principle, look at the overarching theme, and then take responsibility for that and move forward. And, and guess what? You won't be generalizing people. You will have, I love what you said. You'll have empathy for people. Yeah. I got empathy now. Like I really 
can understand and see where people are coming from. So when I hear people on social media with, with their hot takes, I'm like, Ooh, I understand the pain. Yep. Like, even though it's coming out wrong and even though they're shooting off at the hip, like I, I, I can look at the pain and say, Ooh, they must've had to go through something that was harsh to have that perspective. Absolutely. And when you can look at the humanity in people, it, it makes it a little more easy to deal with them. So, yeah. It does. Um, do you feel like there was something you wish you could have done differently? Or is it something that you learned that, you know what, moving forward, I won't do this again. Or I'll do it a different way. Um, I know for me, it, it was this, um, it was the clap back. That was, <laughs> I say that all the time. That was my biggest thing. Um what was it for you? I think I'll be be more vulnerable sooner. Oh. Like like dive into it. Mm. Like like it's scary. We can come up with reasons why we don't want to be vulnerable, but that's that that's where that's how you create glue that holds you together. Mm. And I didn't do that. I wasn't was there a particular reason why? Didn't know how. Man, I had I had no before getting married, I had no experiences where I had to be that vulnerable. Mm. Like there wasn't I couldn't manufacture that experience. And you can only work with the tools that you have. Some of it is um honestly, it's like some of it is that's not what it is, or I'm doing it, but not doing it to the extent that your partner needs. Like more, and like I said, not having the tools, not knowing. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. These these emotional words for men are very new. Mm -hmm. The vocabulary, we're just now starting to talk about emotional intelligence in men. Mm -hmm. Because society is seeing that, hey, us just acting does not benefit us. There's a different level of uh, relationship that we need to have with people and it involves our feelings and emotions. So the, the way that are, that they used to do it where we just go to work, provide, as long as I'm doing this and I've done my role is no longer here. We need, we, and, and that mentality, if we want to be honest, created some very cold men. Yeah. And then they didn't, have the knowledge to know that, hey, I got to start expressing. That will create a different atmosphere in my family. It'll create a different connection with my children. My my spouse will engage with me different. But I definitely think like with men in vulnerability, and I know for me, I wasn't as vulnerable as I, as I should have. And looking back, that's something that I would definitely change. Hmm. That's really good. I like that. I like that. Um, what do you wish women knew and truly understood about men hmm. that you think gets misunderstood a lot? What I think gets misunderstood, but what I wish they knew, mm, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. And this is how I'll say it. Mm. <laughs> you got it. That was a good one. You know, well, you know, I wrote down a few questions. I, I had to ask that one. I got to ask. Yeah. Um, 
that men do want to work with you, yet understand that. Oh, see, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say it to those son of. I'm just, no, just say no. Let's just let's say what we gotta say. Here's the thing: men do want to do all the things they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. yet it's hard to do that with someone who is going against them and not going with them. Mm. And that, and the going against us doesn't have to be outright opposition, but it can be microaggressions. Mm. And men are motivated by positive reinforcement. Mm. More so than criticism and critique. Is it necessary? Yes, but that's not what motivates men to change quicker. Now you have to kind of think like, what do you want from your man? Do you want him to analyze what he did wrong? Or do you want him to be moved to make the correction and do it because he cares about you? Not because of the fear of the conversation or the reminding, those kind of things. Men want to work with you. We do want to work with you, but it's difficult when there is some type of opposition. I, I Listen, the, the love is there, but it's hard to love going in opposite direction. That's what I'll say. And men, men are here for love. No, I'm glad you said that because I'm sure that some people might disagree with that. But I actually, I do agree. I do think there are plenty of men out here who really do want relationships and, and all the things. And I'm glad you you, <laughs> you set up when I said that. So that must have been a really good question. <laughs> he said all the way up to hear that. And I know we're, we're... And here's the thing, like, you don't need every man to be what it is you need. You just need one. That part, gotta, see, that's you just gotta find and that's, and that's the thing too. It's like you're not for everybody, you know. And it's interesting. My daughter's 15, and I had to just go on and let her know you're not for everybody, and take that as a compliment. You, you know, it's not it, that has nothing to do with your worth, your value. It has everything to do with the fact that you're not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, if we could just think about it, any everybody who might be interested in us we may not be interested in them, right? So right. we we have to understand that this isn't, a. we're not talking about every man. We're talking about the one that you need in your life, right? That's, that's the, that's the, that's what we're talking about here. So I know there's, I'm sure there's some eye rolling with that one, but <laughs> I mean, cause it can be, I don't believe that. Cause the one I had, and, and that can be true. The one you had may not been able to give you what you need based on, their level of growth and development, right? But this is why the healing process is so important. So you can evaluate some things within yourself as well to make the changes, to do the inner work. So you're coming out stronger than ever. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes when we do have that experience or experiences, we we almost let other people suffer for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know we're, we're pressed for time, but one last question, like, what would you like to say to the men and what would you like to say to the women? Hmm. Give your, this is to the men, give yourself time to work out the process. Like give yourself time. Time is your friend. Things may be moving fast, but you have more time than you realize. Take time for you. Take time to disconnect from everything. Take time for yourself. Take time. Let the, let the process do its work. Yeah. And even if you feel like aborting, jumping ship, that's going to come. It's normal. Like I said, I feel like 
yo, this ain't for me. Like just stopping like multiple times and not healing. But it's worth it. It's worth it. You feel better. You'll look better. Your 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 walk will be better. To the women, trust yourself. Mm. Trust yourself. Your intuition is unmatched. Yeah. I believe that's something the most high gave y'all as a tool to guide you. Listen to it. Listen to it. <laughs> it's telling you the direction you need to go. Uh, let it be your friend. Whatever your process is, you listen to your intuition in that process because this is a process. Divorce is a process. It's not a isolated, just a bend. It has stages, like you mentioned, like grief. Use your intuition, ladies, to help guide you through that and listen to yourself. That's that's kind of what it, listen to yourself. Trust what you're feeling. Trust what you're thinking. Trust what you're seeing, too. Like, believe yourself. Believe yourself. Believe it or not, when we're in this state of uh, hypervigilance due to divorce, your body is super aware. It sees everything. And those things where you're like, man, why am I seeing so much of this is because your brain is scanning. It's trying to keep you safe. So during this time, trust what you see. Trust what you see. Trust the intuition. And just listen to yourself. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's really good. Where can people find you out here in these internet streets? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> On Instagram, you can find me at love.unscripted. Um, the Love Unscripted podcast is on all streaming platforms. You can also catch me on YouTube at Love Unscripted HD. And that's where I post videos and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So I'm going to put everything down, your your contact, your IG, your website, your podcast. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. And so, Joe, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm, yeah, I'm glad I'm like, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I hope he'll be mad at some of these questions, but you know, hey. I was like, I, I wanted to just kind of know where you were in terms of your your process and your divorce. I mean, it's been over a year, but, you know, it, I think it's different for everybody in terms of their grief. But I, I'm definitely mm -hmm. glad to see that, you know, you, you are in a in a better place, in a better space. That I'm, I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so um, I'll check you later. All right.